0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and our Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Dear friends of Christ, you know, Jesus, as He, after uh, He started His public ministry, began to show that He was the Son of God, that He was the Savior of the world. And He did many acts of love. The people loved Jesus because He did these miracles, But Jesus did the miracles because He loved them. And there were people who just simply wouldn't recognize Him. They knew He had power because He did miraculous things. But the demons knew, didn't they? Isn't it interesting that the demons know the Son of God and that people of the world seem to miss it all? But you can't miss the love. And today, we're going to talk about that. You know, people use the word love all the time. And... uh, We use it in different ways. You know, I love my wife, I love my house, I love my car, I love football, I love, uh, uh, you know, people love dogs, they love their country, they love music, Um, and of course, we talk about romantic love. uh, 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 Celebrities are constantly falling in and out of love. They're finding new spouses, and they can't seem to, to... stick with anybody more than 10 years. Alicia Keys uh, is the one who's who saying, I keep falling in and out of love with you. Sometimes I love you. Sometimes you make me blue. Sometimes I feel good. Sometimes I feel used. Loving you, darling, makes me so confused. I keep falling in and out of love with you. And when we talk about biblical love. This is not the kind of love that it means. It's not the kind of love that you fall in and out of. Uh, it's not even, not, not even necessarily based on any type of emotion. The biblical love's not even necessarily based on a feeling. However, B.J. Thomas thought love was based on a feeling. Most people today think love is based on a feeling. And of course, B.J. Thomas said, hooked on a feeling. High on believing that you're in love with me because I have that feeling. You know, many people believe that that as soon as you fall in a, out of love as soon as you love the feeling you've lost the love that's not true biblical love is different is a different kind of love this biblical love that god wants us to have is an enduring love that loves even when it doesn't want to that loves even when it doesn't feel like it it just commits and it never quits It's always there. It's a love that never falls in and out. The biblical word for this love is agape. And, of course, it's a perfect love. Uh, in, In the Greek, this word agape in our text of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter, is used nine times in 13 chapters. And I don't know if you realize it or not, but agape love, is an essential virtue that's found in Christian people. It's an essential virtue found in you. We're all commanded by God to agape each other. Even, even to agape our enemies. And certainly we don't feel like doing that, do we? This falling into, out of love is not based on a feeling, it is... Uh, this feeling, this, uh, this idea that love is a feeling is, is based on Satan's work. Just love people who love you. If, if somebody, you know, as long as somebody loves me and somebody is good to me, I'll love them back. What kind of love is that? It's a selfish love. As long as you make me feel good, but as soon as you stop making me feel good, I'm going to stop loving you. And people understand that kind of love. There's grudges, aren't there? I'm not going to forgive that person. I'm not going to love that person. That kind of love unbiblical. That kind of love is, is, is unholy. So I want us to consider the godly type of love this morning. The type of love that God says never fails. Our theme, love is Sacrifice. The Bible is very clear, and we're commanded to make sacrifices. The Bible says, I want you to love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. As as, as much as you make sacrifices for yourself, I want you to love your neighbor that way. And from your confirmation days, do you you remember uh, how to summarize the first table of the law? That's the first three commandments. Do you remember how to do that? Love God, right? Just simple, love God. Make sacrifices to God. Put Him above all things. And then do you remember how to summarize the the second table of the Ten Commandments, the the Commandments uh, uh, 4 through 10? How do you summarize that? Love your neighbor. And then how do you summarize all the commandments with just one word? Love. Agape. That's what God wants from you. And of course... The essential ingredient of the Christian life, then, is this this agape type of love. Um, How essential is it? Paul makes it clear. If you do not love the way God loves, uh, you can do all kinds of magnificent, wonderful things. But if you do not love the way God loves, though you do great things, you're just a clanging gong or a loud cymbal. You just make a bunch of noise, but you do nothing. You make a bunch of noise, but you are nothing. You look impressive, but you're not. You gain nothing. And this is staggering, because there's a lot of people out there who say, Oh, I love. Boy, do I, do I sure know how to love. And the whole world says, all humanity, how much we love, as long as you agree with them. All humanity loves, as long as you make them happy and walk in their ways. You now this is staggering. Paul says, you and I can have all kinds of amazing gifts, for, uh, even if I... But if I have not love, I'm nothing. I can have tongues, I can have prophecies, knowledge of all mysteries, knowledge of all things. But if I lack love for uh, my fellow brethren and for other people, I am nothing. I accomplish nothing. I am nothing. And it's hard to hear that. Do you understand what God's saying here? that if you don't love this way, you're worthless. Those are strong words. So then as Christians, I guess that means we can never say, you know what, I haven't been very kind to some members of our congregation, I haven't been very kind to members of my family, but you know what, I sure know my Bible well. God says, so what? Who cares? It's useless. That kind of biblical knowledge is useless if you don't know how to put that kind of biblical knowledge into practice. Worthless. As Christians, we can never say, you know, I've hurt people by what I've said. Sure, I'll acknowledge that, but at least I'm a generous giver. God says, so what? What do you think your generosity does if it can't do your generosity in love? If it doesn't stem from a loving heart. As a Christian, we can never say, you know what, as a church leader, nothing would get done around here without me. And of course, is that really true? Do you really think so highly of yourself? Do you think that you can lead without love? And you think leadership without sacrifice, you think leadership without sacrifice is really accomplishing anything? Leadership without loving sacrifice comes to nothing. It's worthless. Don't you see we're talking about this kind of love, whether it's at home or whether it's in our community or whether it's in our church uh, or whether it's uh, in any place. We're talking about this agape love. And God says, without love, we are nothing. In fact, God's word said, He who does not love does not know God. Certainly, the kind of love St. Paul's talking about here has nothing to do with erotic love or romantic love or selfish type of love. He's not, no, he's talking here about Christian love, isn't he? It's a different type of love. He's talking about this agape love, this love of sacrifice. People don't like loving in a sacrificial way. You see, agape love is not an emotion. It is not based on a feeling. It's not something you fall in and out of. No, agape love is constant. Agape love is commitment. Agape love is a choice. It's a behavior. It's what you do. It's a decision. And it's there for anybody, no matter how undeserved. It's called grace. God calls it grace. And that's how God saves you. God saves you with this agape love. By grace you have been saved. By grace, undeserved love, you have been saved. Through faith, and this is not of your own doing, this grace is the gift of God, a gift given to you, because you don't deserve the gift. Do you want to see agape love? Do you want to know what agape love looks like? Do you want to see agape love in action? It's right there. Just look to the cross. Because it's right there where God gave His Son, Jesus, and Jesus came into the world to trade places with sinners. And Christ takes all the world's sin upon himself and then he is punished for all the world's sin and then he gives us his holiness. He he died that we would not have to die eternally. He faced God's anger and wrath so we would not have to. Why did he do that? Love. Love. God loves you. Jesus did not love us and love you because you were lovable. You're not. You're not. The Bible makes that clear. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. God does not love you because you're lovely. You're not. God does not love us because we deserve to be loved. We don't. God does not love us because we're worthy. We're not. God loved us because he he gave his son to die for us. And Jesus could not bear the idea of all of humanity weeping and gnashing their teeth in the catacombs of hell forever and ever. And he couldn't handle that. And so Jesus said, I will come to save those who will believe in me. I'll show them my love, I'll show them what agape love looks like as I sacrifice for a bunch of sinful people who were lost and condemned and He gave His life and the incarnate Son of God comes down and loves mankind, but not with a bunch of warm fuzzies. When Jesus is walking uh, during this epiphany season, He's healing people, He's wearing Himself out. He wakes up in the morning and people are coming, making demands of him. Can you heal me? Can you teach us? Teach us. Heal us. And he makes sacrifices day after day after day after day. And he preaches and he teaches and he heals till he's near exhaustion. Because he loves. And so he comes to accomplish the task. He came to sacrifice. What an incredible price to pay for our redemption. What an incredible gift this love. And the Father understands the staggering price that He paid. A staggering price so that we might know that the Father loves us too, that He gave His only Son. And St. Paul says it this way, God demonstrated His own love to us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So when you look at the cross, I I want you to marvel. When you see the cross, I want you to be fascinated. I, I want you to see love mingled down, that love flowing from the blood, the sacrifice, the commitment, the choice, the behavior. God's accusing finger of accusations no longer pointed at you, but God's accusing finger of His wrath and His anger because of your disobedience turns to the cross, and all of that goes upon Jesus. And the magnificence of God's infinite love is poured out as He pays the price. Given to die for you, agape love. That's what agape love looks like. And as I said earlier, Jesus says, as I've loved you, love each other. As I said earlier, agape love is not an emotion. Agape love, then, is a behavior. Agape love is a commitment. Agape love is a decision Agape love is a choice and it is given no matter how undeserved. Agape love willingly seeks to make sacrifices so that others may benefit no matter the cost. In fact, the recipient of agape, just by its very definition, is unworthy of it. Listen, there are many people in your life that you may strongly dislike. You may even say, I hate some people. However, that does not prevent you from loving them. There may be people in your life that you strongly dislike, but that does not mean that 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 prevents you from making sacrifices to them, serving them, being kind to them. Jesus calls us to agape love all people. Let me illustrate a kind of agape love. Uh, uh, Dennis Dehan, Jay Dehan, in his book, tells a story about a little boy who was asked to save his little sister who had a blood disorder. And she needed a blood transfusion, and so the family asked him if he was willing to give his blood. And the boy said, sure, I'm willing to you know, help out my sister. And so they go to the hospital that day, and they hook him up, and the blood transfusion's going on, and And the boy starts to cry because, you see, the boy thought that when they asked him to give his blood, that he was going to give all of his blood, and that he was giving his life in place of his sister's life. And that the parents wanted the sister to live and wanted him to die. And he did it anyway. It's no wonder Jesus upheld little children as examples for us to imitate as this kind of sacrificial love. Agape love. It's the way of God, and it's how God loved us. However, as sinners, it's hard for us, sinners like us, to put this kind of love into practice. It's, it's very hard to put this kind of sacrificial love into practice, and, and what we need here is divine assistance. What we need here is, is help, and Jesus helps us. He helps us because that's how He loved us. He helps us because He gives His life blood. He does give His life. He does shed His blood. We've been loved that way, you see. And he knew he'd die, but he did it anyway. And how does a forgiven and redeemed child of God, saved by the blood of Jesus, live? Jesus says it's simple if you love me, keep my commandments. And what are God's commandments? To love. Love your neighbor and love God above all things. It, love, it's, just, it's simple. But love is not based on emotions. It's not something you fall in and out of. It's a constant love. It's a commitment. It's a sacrifice. And it's always there and it always conquers. When this world all falls apart and it's all destroyed by fire, only one thing's going to remain in the kingdom to come. And that's that sacrificial love that we'll make for one another for all eternity. Faith is going to stop. Hope is going to stop. We won't need faith and hope in heaven. But love? It'll continue forever. Maybe some of you have owned a dog. And if you've owned a dog, you understand, sometimes those dogs can disappoint you. Every now and then they do something, chew, chew on a shoe or something, and then you get angry at them, and you go, and you, what do you say? Bad dog! And, and how does the dog respond? His ears go back, right? Tail goes between his legs. He bows, you know, his head goes down. And, and you can see in his body language, he's filled with regret. He knows he's been a bad dog. And what does a bad dog want from his master at that point more than anything else? He wants forgiveness and acceptance. And so what does a good dog owner do? No, He lets the dog stew in misery for a little while, but a good dog owner will then come up to his dog, give him a hug, and say, Good dog. Good dog, I love you. Beloved, God is far more gracious than we are to our dogs. He knows our thoughts, he knows our words, he knows our deeds. He knows our behaviors, and He forgives us even before we ask. As St. Paul said to the Romans, we are justified, declared righteous, declared holy by His grace, by His undeserved love as a gift through the redemption that is ours in Christ Jesus. And the good news for us this morning, the good news as Christians, we live in that love constantly. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.